So things are definitely looking up lately. For one thing, I am finally going to get my custom mini blinds that I have been waiting on my replacement for since about September. I ordered them back a while ago before I moved into my apartment because I was like, I'm getting custom mini blinds. I had some very pretty forest green ones in my old apartment back when I was married and I actually came up with four different colors after I measured my four different windows. And all the other mini blinds fit perfectly, but this last little set, it was just half an inch too big. So fortunately, this company is really awesome. They're called Blinds Galore. So they're not the cheapest game in town, but they do have a lot of sales. And I happened to catch a sale at one point. I think it was the Labor Day sale. And I got mini blinds for the kitchen. So now I've just been waiting to have mini blinds for this kitchen. And I decided to get red, as a matter of fact, because it actually matches up with my blender and it matches up with my salt and pepper shakers. And I was like, I'd like to have that theme. It'd be so cool. So I actually got four different colors of mini blinds for four different rooms in the windows. Like in the living room, I did like kind of this blue-gray color because I figured it was a neutral it'd go with everything. I got these light purple ones for the bedroom because I love purple. And I got black ones for the dining room or I guess you could call it a quasi-dining room where I have the table because I got this black table. And I was like, I just want to have black. It's been so nice being able to decorate in my own home, having a means to get custom mini blinds again, do all this stuff. And as I've been doing that, I definitely have been thinking about the whole roommates thing. And I had a couple of ideas of topics I was going to discuss about roommates. But I realized there's no way in hell at this point I could live with roommates again. It's like no way in hell. I don't think there's enough money for me to do it. It's just like, no, cannot do it. Hard pass. So sometimes you can get lucky and you can get a really good roommate. But sometimes you can get some really epically horrific ones. And I did have some good roommates before I had my really epically horrible one that threatened me before where I basically left. But one of my great ones was my law school roommate. She actually had a family from India. She was from further up in New York. And she was so awesome because, I mean, she basically minded her business. She was still a friend to me. And we still had a friendship, if you will, but she wasn't the type of person who take your stuff without asking. She wasn't like smoking pot in the place where it was going to smell and reek and be disgusting. She had consideration. I like that about her. I also had a roommate in college who was awesome, mainly because she wanted to get her own space. So she also was more kept to herself, minded her business. She had a family that was close in town and I actually got to know her mother and her sister and She's a nice person. I actually tried to get her into my sorority chapter, but apparently she was like even more introverted and less attractive, I guess, to people than a lot of folks. She definitely reminded me of a friend of mine in high school named Darren Lee. And my friend Darren Lee and I had quite a bit in common. So I was like, I like this person who wants to get her own room. So eventually she battled. She got her own single dorm room. So then again, in my sophomore year, after having gotten out of a nightmare situation my freshman year and being in a single dorm for half the semester, I got to have a single room again by default. It was great. I definitely feel like I'm one of those people. I need to have my own space. And you know, the shameful part is if people are ending up on hard times or they have to go on public assistance or people do housing, nobody ever addresses that. Nobody ever realizes, okay, how about we don't have housing where people are forced to have roommates or living in a group home situation? Because some people are just not suited to that. Some people are not respectful to others. Some people don't do the basics, and it's a major issue. 
So a couple of roommate situations I've had, in fact, my family members even said to me as I was leaving this other place and I was trying to find a new place to live recently, they said to me, you don't need to have any more roommates. You need to get a studio or a one bedroom apartment somewhere, but no more roommates for you. You've had horrific ones. And it's definitely a different world when you're dealing with roommates after you've been married and divorced. That is a pain in the ass. I had a roommate in Rigo Park, and I may have discussed some of these roommates before. But this one, when I moved into the place, she had a boyfriend. And we basically had an agreement, had an understanding of, okay, if I'm paying half the rent, I have a right to have company over. I have a right to have my privacy, to have my personal space, still have my life. But later on, she decided that she wanted to apparently engage in celibacy and then decided when I decided to date this guy, you know, this is Mr. Orgy back when he wasn't a shitbag. But she apparently decides that it's okay to go and police my relationship, to police who gets to be in my bedroom. And it's like, no, honey, I'm not paying 50% of rent for you to basically act like my mother. It doesn't work that way. And I've heard about some of these roommate situations from various people in New York, and I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, that's so, I called it sex policing, or you could even call it slut shaming. But I looked at roommate ads as I was looking for another place to live back in, you know, months back. And I remember looking at some of these roommate ads, and one of the big things I did, and especially when I was on this site called Roomie Match, which that's how I had found my roommate in Rigo Park, was a site called Roomie Match. R-O-O-M-I-E-M-A-T-C-H. So it's basically like getting on a list. It's not like you go on a profile. You're not like trying to match up to people like you were doing online dating, but it's more you get on a list and you get these postings every week or so and you get a bunch of stuff about these people. You fill out questionnaires that are fairly detailed. It asks what your level of neatness is. How do you feel about overnight guests? What is your stance on sharing? Are you a smoker? What do you do for a living? How old are you? What are the things you want in an ideal roommate? Stuff like this. So I saw some of these postings and I contacted people who had these housing situations and were looking for roommates. And all of these things I should point out were for roommate situations that were paying well over $1,000 a month. I'm not sure I saw a single ad for something that was for rent of less than $1,000. Now, keeping in mind when I lived in Rigo Park, I was paying $850 a month. So that was my share of being a roommate. But I saw ads for things that were probably more than my apartment with my ex-husband was of like $1,200 a month many years ago when I moved to New York. So imagine my shock when I saw some of these postings and I dealt with some of these people and they were like, oh, you can never have overnight guests. If you don't know them, they can't come over. And there was one place I saw that was really nice that was actually further out in Brooklyn and it said the person would have their own bedroom, they'd have their own bathroom, they'd have even their own terrace. But then you're gonna sex police me? Really? I mean, I understand no alcohol, okay? Because people get drunk, they do stupid shit. They end up peeing in your chair. They'll pee in places that aren't the bathroom. They'll stumble into things, they break stuff. Some of them can be irate asshole drunks and start punching holes in walls. And frankly, I don't want to live with somebody like that again. Already dealt with that growing up. So I understand no drinking. That's fair. No drugs, I understand, because some of us have professional occupations. We don't want to get caught up in the drug bust because you decided to bring coke, ecstasy, whatever that's illegal to the apartment and decided to go have your little time. I understand not wanting to deal with pot because maybe you don't have cancer and frankly, the smell kind of reeks. 
And some people don't have a lot of consideration of opening the damn window or vaping or taking edibles, which would not be creating the stinky smell all around the house. I have heard, by the way, that apparently New Jersey has a higher quality of pot than New York, but that's only something I've heard from people who use it, so I have no idea if that's true or not. I certainly won't be able to verify it. My plan is I would only engage in that usage if I had cancer and then I'd be taking edibles. That's pretty much what I would do with that because I'm not really a smoker and had to deal with that with my father. In fact, one day I remember going out and coming back and my father was smoking pot at the time and I opened the door, basically got hit with a wave of pot smell. Not so cool when your family is doing it, when it's your father, you know, it's a lot less hip then. So I understand no drugs. I can understand no smoking. I understand no pot use. I mean, cigarette smell also gets caught in your stuff. You get yellow all over your things. I know this from experience because my father smoked inside, didn't give a damn. He'd even light up if it was a blizzard outside. We're in the car, it's freezing. He'd light up a cigarette, have no regard for that. He'd barely even crack a window. I had to say stuff about it. So yeah, life in the 90s and 2000s and so forth when you're growing up in the 80s how cute right nobody cares about secondhand smoke risk anyhow kind of had a lot of issues about people doing that even though I had a lot of sorority sisters who smoked most of them were considerate enough to at least open the damn window put their smoke smell outside my roommate in law school she smoked in her own room smoked you know open the window she didn't like have it waft all through the apartment didn't have yellow everywhere so we weren't having those issues so I understand not smoking inside I understand no drinking. I understand none of that. But not having overnight guests, it's like, what are you, my mom? They're coming into my bedroom. They're only going into space where I'm at unless they're using the bathroom. And frankly, if they don't clean up, if they don't clean up after themselves, then yes. We can have words with this person and say, yeah, you're not a wild animal. Clean your damn pee, okay? We can have those discussions. But, you know, I bet the double standard wouldn't be happening, you know, if I were gay of like, yeah, if I want to have a woman over, I'm sure nobody would complain about that. But you want to get hard up about me having a guy over. Really? So I feel like that's kind of an issue. And I sort of feel like some people are taking their personal traumas and seem to think that somebody's going to pay $1,500 or whatever the amount is for rent, you know, pay $1,000 plus a month for rent in New York to then be policed. That just doesn't work. Like, especially when you get to a certain age or you get to a certain life experience, it's like, I'm sorry, don't be a cunt block or a cock block. Don't do that shit. Especially when somebody is going through a divorce and they're trying to rinse away their prior relationship of somebody they've been with who knows how many years, could have been decades for all you know. Maybe they'd like to have, they'd like to not have the pain of those memories. I mean, I know I did quite a bit of dating and I had some of that experience when I was going through my divorce. And that was one of the reasons I left that space in Rigo Park where I had that roommate trying to police my relationship because it's like, frankly, don't get in the way of a divorced person's sexual opportunity. It's not your business. Furthermore, I think, and you can, I personally have this theory, it's sort of my experience growing up in this more repressive Christian environment, but I think, frankly, if more people were getting laid more often and they actually were having good sex, we'd have fewer problems in the world. We wouldn't have so many people intruding on other people's bedroom business. We wouldn't have so many people bashing homosexuals, trying to restrict abortion rights, caring so much about what people do in their private lives. I think that people would be more consumed about their wonderful sexual experiences and being with the loves of their life and doing all that stuff if they were getting laid. Frankly, it needs to happen as far as I'm concerned. So 
Some of these people who have these rules of, oh, no, you can never have anybody over that I don't know and I don't approve of. It's like, first off, I'm in a professional field. I even pointed this out to people. I'm like, I'm an attorney. So, no, I'm not going to be hanging around with, you know, jackbooted thug over here down the street who dresses like he's like he dresses like he's one of these gang members. OK, not hanging out with guys like that, not hanging out with druggies, not hanging out with pimps. OK. That means damaging my law license if I'm going to do that because they're likely to do something real shitty and I'm going to get caught up in that. And if any of you are familiar with Breonna Taylor's story and some of that, I remember hearing that and it reminded me of a friend of mine who's also involved with the wrong guy, getting herself in bad situations. And that's what happens. You date people who are drug dealers. You date criminals. You date wife beaters. You date people doing all kinds of stuff. They're going to do something really classically horrible and you're going to get caught up in it. It's that old saying, lie down with dogs, get up with fleas. So first off, yeah, I'm going to be a little selective about who's coming over to my place. Who am I going out with? I was even selective when I was going through my divorce. I didn't like go out with people who were taken. I didn't go out with anybody who I felt like they're going to have some girlfriend who's going to come and kill me. I didn't go out with people who had children that I felt like they were going to be neglected if I was taking money from them or going out to meals with them and that they're here neglecting a family. I still had standards, you know? So it's like, first off, I have standards. And I'm a professional, so yeah, maybe I'd like to keep my law license rather than kissing it goodbye by dealing with some criminal, number one. Number two, if they're staying in my room, they're supposed to be visiting me. They're stay seeing me, not you, roommates. So maybe you roommate don't need to be involved in my personal life and maybe you need to get your own life, get your own boyfriend, get your own girlfriend, do your own thing, leave everybody else alone. Mind your business. Go hang out with them. And obviously common sense would dictate I'm not going to let them hang out in your room. They're not going to be messing in your stuff. Because I'd be pissed off if you're letting your fella or your girl messing in my stuff. That'd be an issue. Then also, it's like, I lived in North Carolina for a lot of years. I had to deal with this repressive Christian environment and certainly my family. And my mother was a massive, massive sex policer, was very up in your business about that stuff. In fact, even now, even after going through my divorce, even through me being well into adulthood, I'm not going to mention how old I am, but definitely being well into adulthood, it's like my mom even said to me, well, you're welcome to stay here anytime, but you can never have guys over. It's like, gee, that's not really motivating me to do that when you still want to treat me like a child. You want to infantilize me, even though I am much, much older, way out of college, pretty much at the stage of my life that I'm supposed to be a professional. And if somebody loses their job or they're having all kinds of shit cascade upon them, how are you helping them when you say, oh, no, you can't date. You can't go and have sexual relations with people, even though you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, whatever. Why are you telling them that? I think shouldn't even tell people that in their 20s either, but that's just me. Because I feel like if you're legally an adult, you need to be responsible for your own actions. You should get to do that stuff if you want to do it. Use protection, be safe and all that. Make sure people consent. But you're supposed to be an adult. We're supposed to hold you capable to those standards. And I feel like it's insulting. And I even told people that. I'm like, I could go live at my mom's house rent-free if I wanted to be sexually policed. I could also live with some dude rent-free if I wanted to be sexually policed. And chances are, I'd be getting laid in that scenario too because that actually happened when I was dealing with my divorce and I was staying with guys. That, in fact, did happen. And, in fact, I feel like a lot of times guys have that expectation of it. So if you find a guy who doesn't have that expectation of it, he's a gem. you got to keep him. 
Like I did find that guy and that guy is still somebody I consider a friend. But most guys in that situation, you know, at least you could live with some dude as a woman or maybe if you're gay, you could do this too. But as a woman, you could live with some dude for free and you'd even get sex in the deal. So why would it benefit me to go pay a thousand plus dollars a month in rent to supposedly have my own room and supposedly have a kitchen and all this? And I'll get into that in a moment. But basically you're then telling me, oh, but you can never have guests over. Wow. I could do that at my mom's for free. And then some of these people are even worse when it comes to this roommate stuff because they're like, oh, you can't do cooking. Oh, there's no kitchen. And I'm like, nah, that would be a deal breaker for me. That's a disadvantage. I like to cook. And you should probably want me as a roommate because I'm a damn good cook. And if I have extra, I will tend to share that, you know? If you ask me about it and say, hey, I'd like some of those cookies. I'd like some of that cake. Hey, could I have some of your pasta salad? I'd be kind enough to let you try some. Might even make some for you and up my recipe a little bit so there's more quantity. But no, your attitude is, oh no, I don't get to cook, so what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to be spending more of my hard-earned money to buy eat-out food? Uh-uh, but, uh-uh, buddy. That's called lower the rent. Don't expect people to spend all their money on food out and spending on fast food and basically polluting their bodies with bad food every single day because you won't let them cook and you won't let them do anything to basically give themselves a decent healthy meal. That's like you need to go somewhere else with that and you need to be lowering any rent price for that because you are taking away something that people need for basic self-sufficiency. That's a problem. I think some of those, yeah, I guess those are like two things that were very important to me and there's are kind of things that make me feel whole as a human being. So it's like, yeah, you need to take that into account for me and I'm not going to pay that rate. And I can also, even though I wasn't crazy about it, I'm like, okay, I can understand not having pets, but I felt like if you're charging me more than 1500 a month, I damn well should be able to have a cat. I get to be responsible for that cat. I'm the one who will keep the cat in the bedroom, whatever. And I don't think that's the ideal for a cat, but it's like, yeah, if you're expecting me to pay 1500 plus, I damn well better be able to have my own cat. I went through a traumatic experience, which if you've heard prior podcast episodes, you're familiar with some of that, of my history with cats. But um, I was like, damn it, I get my own place. I move, I'm getting my own cat. It's been eight freaking years. It's been a long time. I've not had a cat. I was like, damn it, I'm going to have a cat at this point. I need one. For my mental peace, my mental sanity, I absolutely need a cat. So fortunately, I made sure anywhere I moved, if I was going to pay rent and it was going to be my studio, my apartment, I always asked about pets. And if they were like, you can't have a cat, I'm like, well, I'm not paying you $2,000, 1500 1800 1900 whatever. Not paying that shit to not get to have a cat in my own space. That's a problem. That's a big issue to me. So it's like, fine, not doing that. So fortunately, I was able to find that. I even found a space that let me have these two bonded kittens that I've got right now. And they definitely have been such a comfort to me. Like every time I wake up in the morning, these cats are snuggled next to me. I could deal with furry roommates. I love cats. I think I'd be okay with a dog, even though I would not have the first clue of taking care of one properly. And now you might hear the kitty scratching herself because I hear her little bell going. That's my cat, Tsunami. Lately, she's been come. Yeah, lately she's become like crazy, like her sister. So I'm not sure whether it's like the craziness transferred from one cat to the next or what's happening here. But this morning I had to say something to her because she was pulling at my hair. And I'm like, you don't pull at my hair. I don't pull your tail. I don't pull your little legs. So don't pull mommy's hair. But I would much rather have furry roommates and I would rather live with cats. 
if you could find me a celebrity cat that can pay their own way, I'm like, I would take that cat in a room as a roommate in a heartbeat. But people, I got a real issue with them, especially the pinheads who want to police your sex life. And I'm sure the same people who would have a problem with you doing that to them. I almost guarantee that half these people that posted these ads with these demands are people that have their boyfriends and girlfriends over. I'll bet they're having their one night stands over. So that pisses me off even more. It's like, you're going to tell me because you're on lease that you get to do that, but then I can't, yet you want me to pay 50% of the rent? That's like, go to hell, dude. Get real. So it's like some of these people probably need to just move to the Midwest or go live in some puritanical space. I even saw one ad on Rumi Match where somebody was like, I'm a Christian and you have to do the same Christian thing I do. It's like, yeah, why don't you find a Christian cult to live in? Go live in a convent. I'm not paying rent to live in a damn convent. I even said that. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that. If I wanted to be celibate and I wanted to do all that stuff, I can go live at my mom's for free or I would just become a nun and live in a damn convent. So that's kind of my take on this. And I'm just like, I cannot do a roommate situation. I will probably lose my shit. That's just reality. I'm like, give me cats. Totally give me cats instead.